Second and victory. Welcome back to another episode of the Second Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. Uh, if you're listening to this, we're, we're, I'm just at a loss of words as you are. Um, I cannot believe we're having this podcast on these terms tonight, but it is what it is. We will uh, pony up and, and get through it. As always, I'm with my two co-hosts, Brett Batchelor and Chris Carter. What's up, guys? What's up? We just sound I don't even sad. know if I want to talk. I don't even know it's if I want just, to talk. We just sound sad. Listen, I <laughs> I told y'all before we hopped on here, you know, I've been I've told talked to I had I'm sure you guys have too had a lot of conversations with your friends, family, text messages, phone calls about the game. But I've really just kind of built everything inside for these last four or five days and I'm ready to to just let it all out with y'all. Like I feel like this we have a few topics, but like this is gonna be our 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 place to get it out to vent. It's a therapy session, it's gonna be therapeutic for all of us, okay. So, just, just if you're listening, <laughs> buckle up, <laughs> all right? Because we're, we're, we're not going to be very nice in this podcast for a few reasons. But before we get into it, um, as always, stop the podcast, please. Make sure you go hit subscribe and leave a review for us. Rate us five stars. We'd appreciate it. Um, you know, this is the, the end of the season now for us. But make sure you go tell your friends about it. We appreciate all your support all year, all year long for those that do listen to us, um, those that follow us on Twitter. Um, we are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com and 440 Sports. I always tell you that it is the best place to get your local Titans news and coverage, as well as the Nashville Predators and Nashville SC. Um, and, again, make sure you get us on Twitter at Second and Victory and go hit up our merch store, secondandvictory.com. So, fellas, let's start with this. It the wasn't at- pretty, and it damn sure wasn't beautiful either. It was not beautiful. Um, <laughs> Let's just start from the beginning of the day, okay? We all woke up in a damn good mood. Like, we thought yeah. this was the beginning of a, a beautiful run. Um, yep. Dude, I, I got up, dude, played music, started drinking a little bit at the house, got the, the coveralls on. I was ready to go. I was texting y'all. I saw I you outside like, Nissan I was Stadium. Fidgeting. I was fidgeting constantly because I was like, man, this time – I need this time to pass by. Like, I was doing, like, chores around the house, just literally trying to do anything to pass the time. I'm so excited for the game. Get to the game. Brett and I are at the game. I see Brett before the game. Always good to see Brett and tailgate, all that good stuff. And you just leading up to the game, you're nervous. You're, you're – like you said, I'm fidgety, Chris. I'm, I, I just don't know how to act. It's been a long time since the Titans have been in this position. And you have high hopes. And you think this is the beginning of a beautiful run. I got in the stadium an hour before my mom was just so ready to go in. She wanted to get a blanket. It was one of their giveaways. That we didn't even get one. But um, they, gave away, they gave out towels. But we got an hour before, dude. I'm watching warm-ups. I haven't done that in a long time. I, when I was little, I used to go in and watch warm-ups, you know, watch players come in and whatnot. But we got an hour before, and it was getting packed. I mean, people were ready to go, and they were fine. You could up. feel the buzz. You could dude, literally feel the buzz. You could. It was a different type of atmosphere Saturday. Um, fast forward, as everybody's seen now, the, the video of Derek coming out the tunnel. Brett, talk about that for a second. Bro, I'll tell you, I walked out to the red level seating right there, pretty much almost right above where Derek was running out. 
<clears throat> and you could feel like we talked about the buzz a second ago, man. Then it's time, you know, they, they, the Bengals come out, everybody boos them. Then it just kind of, it kind of gets a quiet, not an eerie quiet, but like a, like, you know, the stadium is about to erupt type quiet. Like they, they're announcing the names. They, you know, they announce Julio, they, they announce AJ and everybody's kind of like, all right, you know, here it comes, here it comes. And then Tannehill, I'll tell you, Matt Rogers, the, the PA announcer, could barely get Tannehill's name out of his mouth before the crowd even started erupting because you knew Derrick Henry was last, 100%. And, dog, man, when I took – okay, so Matt Rogers, he's saying when Derrick ran out of the tunnel. I didn't know he's saying until the next day. I didn't even know that he said anything. You couldn't hear him. You couldn't hear – I couldn't hear – so I was standing like – you walk, if you're in the suite level area, you walk out and you're in the red seats. There's steps that go up to the red seats and steps that go down to the red seats. I was right there in the middle and I couldn't even, like if the person that was standing at six inches to the left of me asked me a question, I wouldn't have even phased because there would have been no chance to hear. It's, I mean, dude, the loudest thing that you can think of times 10 when it comes to announcing a player's name, it was insane. And to, I think what helped a lot too is the fact that Derek took his helmet off Start jumping up, waving the crowd in because I didn't expect that from there because you don't normally don't get that emotion. Yeah. So to see that too, man, at that point, it's kind of like too, it's like, all right, I mean, they're not going to lose this football game. Titans by Billy. Like there's no chance mm-hmm. the Titans lose this game. Exactly. And then the game starts in the first play. And it's the, an dog, the first play. You should have heard in the bro in the in the media center. <laughs> everybody's kind of sitting right there, like, like I, I I figured my guess was that they might go play action because they're like, hey, Cincinnati thinks we're gonna run it. Let's just dump it off over the middle. I thought it was gonna be like the Ferg or something like that, dog. The, you should have heard like because even the energy that was outside the stadium was also in the media center as well. Like everybody knew just because Derek was back, it's the one seed. And when Tannehill threw that pick, you just heard like a murmur of because the bro. The media center goes from, like, the south side end zone, which is if you're on the Titan sideline all the way on your right. It goes from the goalpost all the way to, like, the 40-yard line. So pretty much half the field. And there's a murmur in the whole media center. Everybody's kind of like – you can hear – like, every single person under their breath is like, oh, my gosh. And then somebody else is like, are you serious? And then from there on, it just like – it was like that the entire game. I, Chris, I think you agree with me, but why – why didn't you run the fucking ball with 22? Like, first play of the game, you run that elementary school pass to Julio Jones? I think I think the big problem with that uh, – I actually I, – I told my uh, – I watched the game with my father – or, yeah, my father-in-law. And uh, I actually said everybody's going to anticipate a Derek Ryan. Bet they do a play-action pass on the first one. Um, and sure enough, they did. But we had two wide receivers stacked on top of each other 15 yards down the field. Makes no sense why the play was designed that way. No, it doesn't. Um, and, and okay. Go ahead, Chris. Go We've ahead. talked about this a lot, but, like, in that instance, that's the ball that Tannehill just needs to throw away. Yeah. Like, I would have much preferred the throwaway there, obviously, even as even if it was an incompletion. Like, the throwaway there makes a lot more sense because those two receivers are stacked. I don't know if one of them ran the wrong route or if that's the play design, but it just wasn't the right situation to even throw the ball. Correct. I think a couple of things, I think he he threw it way too late to Julio in the first place. Um, yes. I think you you game plan, you you can argue, you could be you game plan your your first drive 
for two weeks, and that's the first play you guys decided to come up with was that? Dude, I, I talked – I was talking to Blaine Bishop at the, at the studio, 104.5 The Zone, on, uh, say, when, Monday. And Blaine – because, Austin, you mentioned it, the elementary school route. Blaine called it the same thing. He said on Titans Talk Back, and then he said it again on Monday. Off air on Monday, he was talking to me. And he said that route is so easy for Jesse Bates to just sit and watch because – it was was it? I think it was AJ that he was stacked with on the same side. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was AJ. Yeah. And when he's he said when he sees AJ kind of curl back in like he did towards the sideline, Jesse Bates has no reason to look anywhere else but at Julio. And when he sees that Julio is not looking to go deep, he has no reason to turn his hips, and he can stay in his spot and just watch Tannehill because he knows that Julio is not turning downfield, and it's super easy for him to sit and then jump and go right after the ball. He said, Blaine said the next possession, when if y'all remember, Tannehill barely overthrew AJ by like two yards, which would have probably would have been a touchdown if he connected yes. with him. Yes. Blaine said that was the exact same play, just this time, instead of holding Julio on the on the comeback route, they sent him, in this case it was AJ, they sent him through, and that's why AJ was easy to get past Jesse Bates because Jesse then has to sit with his hips. I'm sorry, he has to sit a certain way. Because he can't just sit there and watch just this this one guy over here, to where if you just send them past him, it's going to make it a lot easier. And I, I think a lot of it is on Tannehill, yes, but I think a ton of it also goes on play design with Todd Downing. And yeah. they talked about it today too on Three HL that, I mean, it was the same way when when Downing was the OC in Oakland, and it's the same thing that we're seeing here. It's just not productive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to, to play design. Um, I don't think Tannehill made right the right decisions at all uh, on at least two of those interceptions. Um, but the play design was just – it was too simplified. It was too predictable. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's hard to justify that that was game 18 of the season and the plays were still that predictable. In the biggest game of the year, yeah. Up to that point, and and it's not, and obviously we we know the tur- the turnover on the roster that the Titans had this season with all the the injuries and stuff like that. But the one guy that you would never have to change the offense for played every game in yep. Tannehill. Like he, it wasn't like he was, you know, it wasn't. Derek's not the quarterback, so you weren't having to rebuild the offense for Derrick Henry coming back. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the fact that it was a, an authentic 18-game stretch and it was still that predictable speaks volumes about how bad Downey's offense was in this game. And kind of just fast-forwarding now that we've seen some of the coaching changes that happened on the on the defensive side, nothing's happened on the offensive side, if you guys have caught that yet. Uh, strength mm-hmm. and conditioning change happened, but you know it was it was an inside linebackers coach and a D line coach that have been have been fired, and nothing on the offensive side, which kind of is it, it's weird. Unless they're still having conversations in, in meetings, I think they're that. probably still having those conversations. I think because he said it'd be this whole week uh, in his press conference the other day, Brayful did. So I think I think they probably started on the defensive side because that was probably a little easier to stomach. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I don't. I there's going to be coaches gone off of this offensive unit. Uh, there's no way everybody's coming back. So, I do you think, those do you are think Rob Moore's coming back? We haven't heard. Do you think Rob Moore would be coming back as wide receivers coach? He's I mean, I, that's always been in, in the inconsistent spot to me. To be honest, question. With you. But but seeing what he's done, I, 
now AJ AJ is is AJ. I think a lot of his is just natural talent. Um, but a healthy AJ, I, I tweeted this the other day. Healthy AJ is a top three wide receiver in the NFL, probably. Um, mm-hmm. So seeing what he's done with AJ, seeing what he's done with with Nick Westbrook Akine, um, even getting Chester and Mojo ready uh, to play in the offense. Injuries aside, for Mojo, like. I don't know that Rob Moore has done a bad job. That's fair. But then you think about, I mean, you, you mentioned Chester, but was Chester that great this season? He had his moments. I, I, I mean, That's you even, think, you even I mean, think about think, think about Des Fitzpatrick and how he's not developed as a receiver. Yeah. Is true. that on Rob? I mean, Khalif Raymond was a better wide receiver in this offense than, yes. than Chester Rogers. And Khalif shot so. in Detroit this year. Khalif made plenty of <clears> money what, in dude, Detroit. At times, too, you've seen kind of some inconsistent drops with the receivers, especially at the beginning of this year, a little bit with AJ. But when Rob Moore also used to be in Oakland as well, that's when Amari was having his drop issues when he played for the Raiders. Everybody talked about Amari having rock hands. I hate to blend that on the and coach, then he, though. Then he went to Dallas. Say again? I said I would hate to blend that on the coach, though. I know. I would, I'm just saying if you just kind of look at – I'm not blaming right. it. I'm just saying if you saying. just kind of look in the past. That, yeah. Like I said, I don't want to call anybody out, but – Amari had issues with hands, went to Dallas, doesn't really have them. AJ doesn't have issues with hands, but he had some inconsistent dropping. And it's the same coach. Like I said, I'm not blaming anybody. It's just kind of a, a two and two you can maybe put together. I think just the, the offense was just so and, – and so if you go back and look at the five losses this season, those five losses, the offense was – terrible like it, they were bad games and the turnovers were a big part of it you know if you go back and look that we know that the turnovers there's two plus turnovers in each of those games the titans lose um they had three saturday but yep. first play of the game turnover and it's how they kind of responded from that there there was no response there wasn't nope. a right. there wasn't a spark there was no um you know, explosive plays. Let's go get, let's go get that those points. Yeah, back. they kind did it. Play. And that's the thing, man. They, they punted way too much for my liking, for anybody's liking in the first half. They, yeah, they got those points and had a decent drive at the, you know, near the second, in the end of the second, uh, first half, um, where, where Derek had the touchdown. And at that point, you're like, all right, let's go, man. Come on, pick it up. And they just didn't. The defense literally did everything they could to keep them in the football game. And they did. They did keep them in the football game. The defense did literally everything we asked them to. We talked about. We want. I mean, it, everything. Nine sacks. We, we couldn't even ever predicted that. No. Uh, Nine dog held the Bengals to nineteen points. Joe Burrow didn't have a single touchdown pass and an interception. He had a turnover. That's and a great pick. Could, by what more could the defense have done? Incredible, incredible interception by Imani. Yeah, stud. Um, we can talk about hey, Rabel for a second. If, if big if Big Jeff wasn't on your radar, he's dang well on it now. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Brian Baldinger saying even with the loss, he's the best. He was the best player from from the divisional round. Yep. Um, we can talk about the extra point for a second. Why'd they go yeah, for two? Man. What? Don't I, think, I understand? I think it was the right decision. You think so? I mean, one yard line, Derrick Henry was in, in the backfield. Like, but the play yeah, call I think, again. Again, play call issue, but nine times out of ten, you go for that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's the reason they lost. 10. I'm not going to sit and say that's the reason they lost because right, no, it's not. I mean, that's one point, and we lost by, you know, lost by three. So, but you can um, argue. Oh well, if you had the extra point, you would have won seventeen sixteen. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, but 
I think I think you you go for the the two points there. I mean, I think it just makes logical sense to to do that from the one yard line. Uh, how often does Derrick Henry not fall six inches too? And we saw like never. We saw that happen twice in this game. And I, was just, I know, Chris, you want, you want to get a Derrick. Um, Another play call, too, on that third and one and fourth and one. I think, guys, I'm more upset than anything. Um, let me pull it up. This is, this, this is kind of where I think the game kind of turned um, in the opposite direction. So this is third quarter. Titans get the ball. Uh, first and 10 at the Titans, 25. Derrick Henry for nine yards. Derrick Henry for three yards. Derrick Henry for nine yards. Deontay Foreman with a fucking hell of a run for 45 yards. And they're now down at the Cincinnati nine-yard line. So what do they do next? Screen. screen pass to Chester Rogers, which is picked Not off even AJ. Not even AJ. Because Mike Hilton knew what was coming before. You saw that happened. video. You saw that video. Four straight running plays that got you down to the nine-yard line, and we're going to throw a screen pass to Chester Rogers that we know all season long. These I've told you all this on multiple podcasts. To stop the screen passes. They have mm-hmm. not worked all season long, and they continue to run them. I just Wide receiver four. It's just the, the – the, I don't know what to say. I just It doesn't make any dude, sense. Dude, my thing too, even if Mike Hilton doesn't pick that off, Jesse, Jesse Bates has a good chance to pick that off. He's standing right next to Chester. It's it's just you 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 didn't have many chances in the red zone uh, Saturday, and the one chance you did, you you messed it up on a a screen pass when you could have handed it off two three more times to get in the end zone. Gave it to the playmaking AJ you Brown, Julio Jones. Probably would have scored a touchdown. They had no wow. chance to stop it. I mean. I mean, AJ went for. I'm sorry, Derek went for nine, three, and nine. You tell me he can't go nine again. Now I know what was, you could say. Hey, he was stopped on the fourth and one. The, it's totally different. The way the offense was moving on that possession, you keep running the football. And they would have went up. I'm going to argue with you a little bit right there, Brett, because Derek shouldn't have even been in the equation. Deontay Foreman should have got the ball again right there after that that run. That's totally Deontay Foreman probably should have had at least ten more carries in this game. Yeah, uh, he was the better back on the field. Um, in that game, um, and he probably should have been the primary ball carrier from the beginning. Um, and and I, that's not to take anything away from Derek, but Derek coming back from that injury in his first game uh, and and being the focal point in the running game, I I think was the wrong decision. Uh, and I know we all look at it and say it's Derek freaking Henry, like of course he should be, um, but Deontay Foreman clearly was running better in that game. Uh, Derek struggled for the most part. Uh, he, I know you mentioned those those couple of nine yard runs that he had, uh, but most of it was struggling. I mean, in the game, he totaled what sixty two yards, and he had eighteen sixty two yards, almost two runs. Yeah, and that's three point ten yards per attempt. Um, Deontay should have got the ball a lot more. Um, and and while I'm talking about Derek, I want to talk about. Derek showing up because there's been a lot of talk in on Titans Twitter, especially on the radio in articles, everything about Ryan Tannehill not showing up in the playoffs. But here's Derrick Henry's last three playoff games. Uh, 2019 against the Chiefs, 19 carries, 69 yards, 3.6 yards per attempt. 2021, 
Tennessee against Baltimore, 18 carries, 40 yards, 2.2 yards per attempt. Saturday against the Bengals, 20 attempts, 62 yards, 3.1 yards per attempt. Mm. And that's a guy we consider the best running back in the NFL. Um, so in three straight playoff games, Derrick Henry has not shown up. Uh, the way the way a, a, a elite caliber running back should have showed up. And I, I think that's kind of uh, make make this he, it makes this conversation around Tannehill pretty unfair to be so upset with him for throwing the picks. But the guy we consider the franchise, the face of the team, the a future Hall of Famer, best running back in the NFL, he's not showing up either. I give I give Derek more of a break in this argument than I will Tannehill. Um, 2019, he's the sole reason why they're in the AFC Championship game. That's sure. Wild card in the division round. We know what he did there. Uh, 2020, that offense just didn't come to play that day um, at all, altogether. And then Saturday, we know he's coming back from a, for, for, for the first time in over two months. Um, how much – what did we really expect of Derek that day? We had no idea. We were unsure. We had high hopes for him. Obviously, you know, as fans predicted a hell of a game and, you know, he did score a touchdown. But what do we really expect? Do we expect 120? Do we expect 140 from him? Probably not unless he's just, you know, superhuman-like. And he wasn't. He was rusty. Um, and you're right, Chris. Which, which I think uh, is what exactly how I wanted you to answer that because it validates my point about the problem on Saturday was that he got 20 carries. Correct. And Deontay Foreman got how many? Four. 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 I, and, um, yeah. You you split, split them evenly. That puts them both at 14. Like, and Deontay Foreman probably hits a hundo. I just think it's, it's, very good it's, it's, it's Downey's lack of awareness. Um, it, it's just crazy how, how – why is it that we – why we as fans know what's better for this offense than the guy who's actually calling the plays? I mean, how do you not feed a hot hand that day? How how do you not know that that's 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 gonna win you a game? Gonna gonna score points for you of, of putting the hot hand who's who's you've rode for the last two months who got you this point, and Deontay Foreman. Um, why do you throw a screen pass when you just ran it four times um, behind the line of scrimmage on the nine yard line? When you have you go back and look at the play, guys. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter or not. AJ is wide open on the left side. There's not a defender in the in the area of him. It's just the lack of awareness altogether. Why Tannehill, his mind is made up on one read, um, play after play. Uh, it, it's just maddening that the Titans uh, shot themselves in the foot once again and, and got in their own way of winning a game. And it's happened, you know, four times this season at least. Yeah. Why didn't he throw it? Why didn't he throw it to Fert on third and five? Yeah, let's uh, talk about the end of the game. Try to, try to force that one to Dude, Ferk, there's nobody within four yards of Ferk. And even if he doesn't, I think I think Ferk can turn up field and get that first down. Even if he doesn't get it, you're looking at fourth and one, fourth and one and a half at the very yeah. worst. The very yeah, worst. I agree. Cause because uh, while he had his issues this season, Ferk falls forward. Uh, most mm -hmm. of the time. So he's getting yep. close to that marker no matter what. 
Yeah. Uh, so to force that pass, I, I don't understand it. AJ uh, Ryan throws the ball throws the ball high to AJ. AJ's got a first down as well, and that's another yep. 15, 20 yards down the field. And you have you have two timeouts, I believe. Um, yes, you do. It, it just okay. Question: Does it bother y'all that? So it's that's two straight seasons in a row now that the season has ended on the Ryan Tannehill interception. Does it bother y'all that those passes were intended for Khalif Raymond and Nick Westbrook-Pakina? I love Nick Westbrook-Pakina. 100%, Brett, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should always be trying to get it in AJ's hands no matter what, I think. And in in this case, even Julio's hands. Mm -hmm. Um, But the – I don't know. I mean, Tannehill throws the ball around. Like, we know he distributes to a lot of people. But this offense has to be designed around getting the ball to AJ Brown and Julio. Dude, AJ, now this game, or, this game was some of the best distribution we've seen to those two guys. You, both of them yeah. being used in one game. To be fair, yeah. uh, but at when it mattered most, they didn't go that way. Like, bro, Julio. Like, I, I didn't expect. Like, I've said this plenty of times. I didn't expect the 2016, you know, best of all time Julio this season, but. Julio showed you they still got something in them alone by that Buffalo catch he had on Monday night when the ball went 40 feet up in the air and he somehow toe-tapped it in. It's not like Julio is not – he's not a bum. He's still got it. And the underutilization of Julio really bothered me as well. Ryan Tannehill had five Titans playoff games. Averages 151 yards passing, 1.4 touchdowns, one interception. And the offense averages 19 points per game. Yeah, In the past two good. years, Tannehill has thrown two touchdowns and four interceptions, and the team has scored a total of 29 points, an average of 14 and a half <laughs> points per game. And that's and that's with what we think was the number one or number two, number three rated offense in the 2020 season. And they had a top 15 offense this season. Facts, and and the healthiest it had been all season too. All it's just it's season. It, it's going to be one of those what if years of what if we had last year's defense with Arthur Smith as the OC this year, I, and yeah, it shouldn't I, be that way, but it's going to be that way. Well, hell, Arthur shit the bed last year. That's exactly what I was about to say. Arthur was terrible in the playoffs last year. Like, it, there's some kind of there's some kind of issue, and the common denominator is is Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel. So. What what is the how do you solve this conundrum of of offensives just stopping and stopping yeah. producing in the playoffs? So that's are a, we a, looking are we looking at a uh, at an Alex Smith type deal so now? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Tannehill now and 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 what that looks like because everybody's calling for his head as they should be because um, obviously in three years now I just read you all the stats. I mean he, he he's he's a great starter. Okay, he's uh, – uh, when I say that, I mean the regular season. Uh, he can get you the playoffs. He just can't close the deal, and that's obvious now at this point. Um, he's won back-to-back division titles, has won over 10 games in back-to-back years. He's a competent starter. He's, he's, a, uh, he's better than Jimmy G, I think. He's a, um, he's, a, he's a top 16 QB. Fair. He's a top half in the league, 100%. There's no denying that. But he's not going to win the Titans Super Bowl, and they're wasting a roster right now because of him uh one of the biggest questions you have to ask yourself is can you win with this guy or because of this guy 
You can win with this guy. And yet, yeah, is that, that's the answer. You can win with him. You cannot yeah. win because yeah. of him. Which, but then, but then, what do you do? I mean, yeah. Where does because, John Robinson? I mean, there's so we know there's there's three routes, right? There's figure out a trade partner and trade Ryan Tannehill, right? That's route one if you can find it. Route Good two, luck. sign sign a veteran to compete with Ryan Tannehill. Who? Most free agent veterans that that the Titans are going to be able to afford won't beat Ryan Tannehill out. Hey, I'm uh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead with with point three. Then I got a point for y'all. Draft a guy. Will would J. Rob draft a first round quarterback? No, not this year. I don't think it is a question I that I have been waiting to have on this podcast for so long because it's one of the positions that he's no, we've never seen him draft. He's never had a draft, and his he, backup QB. Draft picks have not been good at all. No, they're also a waste of a pick. It's a guy to come in and compete with Woodside, and obviously Woodside's beat them out every single time. He's a, I, he's a quality backup. But. He is, and we also you never had to ask much of him, and that and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad I don't want to see what Logan Woodside but, on Sundays. So I'll be honest. I had a, I had this conversation today actually. The issue with Ryan with Logan Woodside is that he's never going to push Ryan Tannehill. Never. No. Right. No. You need somebody to push Ryan Tannehill where he has a little bit of fire under him. So we think, I mean, Ryan Tannehill knows that this job is his with Logan Woodside as the backup. So you need somebody to push that, whether it's a, a, a legitimate veteran quarterback or a hot rookie coming in. Do y'all, do y'all know what veteran quarterback is a free agent this year? And Marcus wouldn't be extremely expensive. Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Forget that. <laughs> Listen, side note, I really hope Marcus gets a starting job next year. Uh, a bunch of people in Pittsburgh are pushing for him. A bunch of people in Pittsburgh I don't want, I don't want to harp on that. Money means we can talk about that in the offseason, but I really hope he gets a second chance. I, um, I text this to you guys, but I do want to bring this up while we're on the subject of quarterbacks. Um so I went and found NFL comparisons uh, for the top five rated uh, rookie quarterbacks coming out in this draft. Uh, so I just want to go through those. I'm going to save the best one, for the best comparison for last. Uh, so Carson Strong, uh, Raw Jared Goff, which which kind of gets me excited. I mean, Jared Goff was the number one overall pick. We saw he had a ton of talent coming out of college. It just hasn't yeah, hasn't really played out the way anybody thought it would in in the league. Um, second one, Sam Howell, Oklahoma Baker Mayfield. Again, I think would be exciting, uh, an, an exciting comparison just because first overall pick, all the talent in the world just hasn't manifested itself the way that you think it would. Uh, Matt Corral. Corral? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Corral. Um, yeah. Mix of mix of Zach Wilson and Derek Carr. Uh which I found interesting. I don't really know how you put those quarterbacks together, uh, but that's Matt Corral. Uh, the guy I think I like most right now, uh, and this description makes me like him even more, Kenny Pickett, a stronger-armed Dak Prescott. That's a guy you can build an offense around. But this is the one that, that cracked me up, and I, I think that this cracked you up too, Austin. Malik Willis, a faster, more explosive Taysom Hill Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and that is a legit online comparison I have seen of Malik Willis. No way. But let's and, – and, you know, like, it seems like a really weak 
quarterback class. Like we've heard that all the pundits have said that, but 2017 was supposed to be a weak class too. And look at who we got out of that. I mean, Deshaun Watson. I don't. I don't. I don't think. Pat I don't Mahomes. think we're. I don't think we're looking at a new quarterback at all. To be honest with you, I don't either, man. Um, some of the guys in there are enticing. I, dude, I, I, I mean, if if Kenny Pickett, Pickett, if Kenny Pickett fell to 18, 19, <laughs> I don't hate that. Trade up for him. Um, but I think he goes pretty early. Um, it's a weird draft this year. A lot of a lot of defensive guys, a lot of offensive linemen, some skilled position players. But I mean, um, I've seen I've seen all five of those guys listed as the first quarterback off the board too. Yeah. It's just I mean, it's no one knows right now. Nobody. Uh, and obviously we'll we'll start getting a lot more clarification over the next couple of months, but Aiden Hutchinson right is now, probably gonna be the first guy taken and I'll which is know, nuts. He's, he's not number one, he's not number one worthy. I don't, I don't think, think so is. either. And I mean if, yeah, we know who's got the number one pick, Jacksonville. Please take him. I did Aiden yeah. Hutchinson is very good and I I think. Um but number one pick worthy, really? Yeah. I think Kayvon Thibodeau's better than him. He really might be, bro. He really might be. Just my opinion on it. Um, go in my head, no. Ryan Tannehill's going to be your starter next year. I, I don't see him leaving because of the contract unless – I mean, <laughs> it's John Robinson. His contract, his contract's huge. Ponies up and uh, – What if Trader John comes for through? Who? For who? For who? Russell Wilson or Russell or, Wilson. Or, or does um, – I saw – Pete Prisco from CBS Sports had Aaron Rodgers as the Titans' was fifth landing spot. Out of it, he had twelve teams, and the Titans number five. And I was thinking, don't get me excited, Pete Prisco. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing, too. You want to argue about Aaron Rodgers? Y'all know what his uh, career playoff record is? Eleven and ten, I think. Ten and eleven. Ten and eleven, yeah. So, what what's gonna happen next year? Y'all, we get Aaron Rodgers next year. They lose in the divisional round again, too. Like, and now it'd be it'd be the AFC Championship game. Think about how we feel right now, guys. Think about what Packers fans feel right now. The podcast they're having. This yep. was think about their Bills fans. 100% this Bills was their fans. Year. A terrible way to end. It was a a shitty football weekend for a lot of a lot of fan bases that had high hopes. Yeah. <sighs> Must be honest with you. Green Bay Packers worst worst number 1 seed ever. I'm just kidding. That was the dumbest argument anyway. Um, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. The uh the the crazy it was a very crazy weekend. I mean, up until up until up until that last game, all three games had ended with a last second field goal. Um, but the uh, the way that the Bills lost, I think, is it, dude, it's depressing. It, I mean, bro, that is took, that is a sad loss. It took Patrick Mahomes less time to go down the field and tie up the game than it did for Dak Prescott to run a quarterback draw. Yep. Dude, to go 75 yards, it took him less time than did Dak Prescott to run a 15, 20 yard quarterback. And guys, think, think, think about the quarterbacks that we watched Sunday night. I mean, one, the best division around of football. I know we're saying ever. Um, are we living in the moment? I don't know. But I mean, what a damn good weekend of divisional football. I mean, that's a, that's no, a legend. Every, that's a single, every single game came Seriously. down to the last second. I, 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 I'm, I'm a prisoner of the moment. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, that is the best of all time. But I mean, no, I, I think better? it is the best of all time. Um, well, actually, it'll, I'll say the second best of all time. It'd be the best of all time if the Titans won. 
Josh Allen. Patrick Dogs. A dog. Burrow. A dog. Justin Herbert. A dog. Um, depending on where he goes and what happens with this guy, Deshaun Watson is still an elite quarterback in this league. A dog. Um, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence has the potential to be an elite quarterback in this league. The AFC is stacked. And you have with Ryan young quarterbacks Tannehill, right now. Who is obviously cannot finish the job. He's mid. chokes in the biggest games. He's mid. We're having to can just think about y'all. If we had a think about if Joe Burrow is in a Titans uniform, dude. Justin Herbert, like we've 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 got complacent with this idea of a veteran quarterback, and and John Robinson didn't take his chances on those guys. The greatest two year turnaround from what I can remember is the Bengals. Number one pick of getting this guy. Now they're in the AFC title game. Yeah, because it's all because player, of him some, other, some other pieces, but like this is the guy leading your football team. The guy played half a season last year. He got hurt, bro. It's over because I'm still like, excuse me, I don't, I still don't think Zach Taylor is a world-renowned football coach. It's uh-huh. I firmly believe that Joe Burrow is carrying that football team. Taylor's good, but I don't think he's like top of the league good. I agree. I think he's a good coach. Uh, I don't know that he'll ever be an elite head coach in the NFL. Right. I think Mike Vrabel can be an elite head coach in the NFL. He's top but Mike already. Vrabel doesn't Facts. have Joe Burrow. You know, if, and if Mike Vrabel had Joe Burrow, this would be a dynasty team. Dude, yes. Imagine if Joe Burrow – like, we talk about this offensive line struggling some. That offensive line is terrible. Imagine if Joe Burrow had this type of offensive line thrown to AJ and Julio. It's just maddening now because you think, I mean, this was the year. You got the number one seed. You got your home field advantage with a with a beat-up roster. You still found a way, and you let it slip through your, slip through your fingers, and now you have some roster turnover. Um, you got a lot of guys to pay. Your cap situation is a little sticky. And then you see these quarterbacks from the league who are getting it done year in and year out. This is the fourth straight consecutive AFC title game at home for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes like, has been a starter for four years. Four consecutive. I mean, how are you supposed to beat that team with the quarterback you have now? You and, had the and, chance. And, and, and you this had way, the chance. Yeah, and you couldn't beat this Joe Burrow guy his second year in the league. You you you've beat Josh Allen, but can you count? Can you do it in the playoffs? Uh, you've beaten Patrick Mahomes, but not when it counts. Justin yeah. Herbert, when the Chargers get good. Hey, what's yeah. that gonna look you're gonna like? see you're gonna see the Chargers next year in Los Angeles in the regular season. It's it's just that I, I feel like we are we're letting these teams pass us by and we don't even know it, and it's because we're it stuck is, on this this thirty year old quarterback. It's weird, man, because you went with this guy because the previous guy and Marcus couldn't quite get you there, and then Tannehill got you there, and now he can't get you to the very top. And at the time, you have to. You have what, to give him the contract. You have to give him the contract. But now you're two and a half years in, and you've seen what's happened. You're two and three in the playoffs now. The two loss, the two wins were fantastic. Two, two of the best wins we've been a part of as fans. But you've seen the three losses and how ugly those were. So Tom Tom Brady's contemplating retirement. Ninety five percent of the Titans fans say Tom Brady came last year in the Titans win the Super Bowl. Ninety five percent of the fans 
maybe 99% of the fans are good with if Tom wins the Super Bowl last year, we lose in the divisional this year, then he retires because he brought you that Super Bowl. Duh. <laughs> shit. Yeah. I mean, we could have won the Super Bowl and gone 0 16 this year. I can give a shit. Yeah. Exactly. Won Super Bowl is all I care about. Mm-hmm. It, it, and looking back, I told y'all that, dude. I was all in on Brady. I mean, how do yeah. you pass him up? He literally <laughs> just had one of the greatest, his, one of his greatest seasons of all time himself, led the league in almost every passing category. And now he wants At to retire. 44 years old. I, I, I don't think he retires. I think he's back. Tannehill's not even 34 yet. It, it just, and now I, you. I think he might retire. I really do. And I think it's crazy to think that if he retires, Gronk's assuming, fighting. you know, Rogers, Rogers has talked about retire, retirement. Roethlisberger's retiring. Like, that's the three elder statesmen gone. Ryan Reece. Tannehill and Russell Wilson are their elder statesmen of the NFL at that point. Yeah. Yep. It's a new era, man. It's a new wave. We just got rid of Eli and Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. And Drew Brees. And now these three are possibly leaving. Um, it's about to become the Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow League. And they're all in your conference. And Trevor, if he gets to the elite level like a lot of people think he can. You just if, you if, the Jags hire, if the Jags hire Byron Leftwich, that's I think that's fantastic for Trevor Lawrence. I agree. Help him develop. I agree. I mean, yep. Travis Etienne will be back next season. And you still got James Robinson? <sighs> you just – I don't have an answer right now. Is I, I, My gut tells me he'll be back next season, but what do you do next? The window has about two and a half years left in it because in here in three seasons, maybe even two seasons, this roster is going to look so different. Top to I mean, bottom. we can kind of talk about that now. Like the defense You're losing, is practically going to practice. Defense is practically going to be the same. There's correct. a chance Other you still bring back Harold Landry. Yep. There's a chance you could bring back Harold Landry, right? Should Norris Jenkins is probably cut. I yep. would think. Yep. Um, so you would hope Caleb Farley's next man up there and is able to have this second year uh, outbreak like Christian Fulton did. Um, so, I mean, primarily two new starters on, on defense, assuming uh, David Long is one of the inside linebackers and assuming you keep Zach Cunningham, right? Um, so not a lot of turnover on defense. Some depth changes, but on the offense right now, you have Ben Jones as a free agent, David Questenberry as a free agent, Anthony Ferkser and Jeff Swain, Chester Rogers, Nit Westbrook-Akine, Marcus Johnson, Logan Woodside, Deontay Foreman, Tantra Hilliard, and Corey Blossom game. A lot of ben those Jones. names were, were big contributors this season. Ben Jones. Obviously, Ben Jones. Time. Ben Jones is the the anchor of your of your offensive line. Um and that's not even mentioning the fact that Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold have massive contracts, uh, and one of them could be cut or traded. Possibly both, both of them cut both or traded. could be cut or traded. Um, restructured. You never know. I just don't even know if you restructured. I mean, Roger Saffold's what 33, 34? Hey, mm, I'm gonna call my shot. I think I think Lewan's back next season. But he loves it. But, he loves it in Nashville. He didn't have that bad of a year, y'all. Once he, he got healthy, know. he really didn't. 
He wasn't elite, but, but he was still good. You really want to go find a new But what if you could get a first or second team? round pick for him? You think they're giving up a, a first round pick? Okay. For a sec- what if you can get a second round pick for him? I can and see then, the Eagles giving up a high pick. And then do what? If, I mean, that Brandon Brooks just retired today. Uh, you, better, you, better, you better have your eye on somebody, though, if you're going to trade him. You better know what you're going to do. You can't trade him and yeah. say, hey, I just want to get rid of the contract. you got to have something in place. You, I, I, I just don't see that. Maybe that's Dylan Ray Duns. Maybe he's your left tackle of the future. He's the, I mean, he's the depth off-season. chart. He's the, he's the primary backup left tackle on the depth chart. He it held his own in the one game he started. He did, but it bothers me, though, that he couldn't even be active for the playoff game. They, they took Kendall Lamb over him in the playoff game. Rashawn Evans, Darren sure. Brown will be in different jerseys next year, 100%. Sure. No doubt. So, I mean, there's two more guys. I mean, dude, what? I mean, Brett Kern's getting up there in age. His contract's still he's, a He's one of the contract. names I was going to bring up as a, as a cut candidate. Um, I mean, he's making over $3 million this year. Most of that would be wiped out with a cut. Like, it's, it's all no, – not much of that's dead cap at all. He might just retire, um, though, too. I'm not saying he will, but I mean, he's older. It's going to get fun. Henry could yeah. be restructured. Yep. Um, Kevin Byard has already mentioned he's willing to be restructured again, but yep. Um, it's just, I, th- I think there could be a lot more change than we realize outside of the defense. I think Which Zach Cunningham is a guy you have to you have to figure out a way to hang on to Cunningham with 100%. an extension or a restructure or something. Uh, I don't think his salary number really makes a ton of sense this year, but. If you can figure Dude. out a way to restructure that or extend him now, that is that guy is the perfect linebacker for this defense. Yep. You go him and he showed David Long, year. and you have Monty Rice in behind him. You're looking because Monty Rice surprised a lot of people this year, including myself. Yeah. So you have those three right there. Then your fourth linebacker, you can just pretty much you can you can get somebody that's not expensive at all, just a good backup guy who can play special teams. That position is completely done for. You re-signed Harold, him and Bud. Bud's already there. That whole linebacker crew, you don't even have to worry about in the offseason. Just re-sign if you are able to re-sign Zach Cunningham and then get a mid-tier linebacker who can be back there with Monty Rice, you're set at linebacker. Then you can focus on the other things. I don't hate it, but I agree. I think Zach Cunningham is one of your top three priorities in offseason. Does Harold Landry give a, a hometown discount to stay here? He, he's talked about how much he likes it too. Possibly, yeah. He wants to stay. And I don't know if you guys saw. I think, I think he probably realizes that like this defense caters to his playing style a lot. Um, so if he if if he goes somewhere else, he's probably not going to have quite as much success as he's had in this in this, this defense, defense. This defense clicks too. When I mean click, yeah. I mean like personalities, leadership. Vrabel, Vrabel mentioned a few names at the end of his presser about the leaders. Um, and Harold was one of those four four or five names he mentioned, which kind of stuck out yep. to me that he cares that much about Harold Landry um, and what yep. he means that 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 side of the ball. So he cared, he cared a lot about Johnny Smith too. He said that was his favorite player. So bring him back, and we saw we saw him uh, not get resigned. <laughs> no, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't yeah, resign him, bro, for the for the money that they got that I'm they gave saying. him in New England. You couldn't afford to resign him. Uh, two different needs. Even though we I saw well, how even though how big of a need tight end was this year. Um, it has to be addressed. That that other than a couple of name signings, that's the number one. Couple I don't notes think John Fix is that 
just to be clear, but no. A couple notes real quick. Uh, speaking of Harold Landry, he is going to the Pro Bowl. Shout out to the boys. Very well deserved. Uh, yeah, very well deserved. And again, I told y'all today, I, I think Jeff Simmons goes because one of Aaron, Aaron Donald and or Chris Jones is going to the Super Bowl. Should be there. Yep. Yeah. Most likely, they're both Should going. Be there. One of one of the two teams is going to win this week. So, um, yeah, Chris Jones if they win. Um, Jeff Simmons is the next guy up, so he'll be going to the Pro Bowl too. So waiting on that news to drop. Um, the Titans parted ways with uh, three coaches, uh, Jim Hazlitt. I'm over here. I'm, I'm prepared. Udizi, Udazi. Defensive assistant defensive line Udizi. coach and a assistant strength and conditioning coach. And assistant special teams coach. Bam. Yeah. Which I'm surprised. So you strength, brought, you strength and conditioning coach, Mondre G. D-line coach Kanechi Udezi and Matt Edwards. Along I'm with surprised you, you brought up a good point, uh, Chris. I believe was Brett. I'm sorry. Uh, one of y'all brought up the special teams rankings in the last few years. Been terrible. Yeah, they're not good. Um, and I think over the couple, over the last couple of years, I think you know Brett Kern has helped hide some of that. Uh, obviously, Randy Bullock helped hide some of that this season with his his. Uh, his play uh, and really helping, you know, the Titans solidify the the field goal unit. But outside of, of that, the the special teams has been mediocre at best, mm-hmm. um, and hasn't really put given. There hasn't been a spark plug that special teams is typically like a good special teams unit gives you a, a spark when you need it. And when can when's the last time you remember that happening? The preseason with Chester Rogers, yeah. when he had that long yeah. punt return, like that's the only time I remember this season at all. Really thinking, oh man, that really helps the offense. You know, it's tough, man. It's hard. <sighs> and again, Chris, you're right. We'll see what happens the rest of this week if um, any more uh, assistant coaches and, and position coaches get um, fired. But something's got to change, man. Something's got to give. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason, man. We'll have plenty of podcasts in between now and, you know, draft time for agency. I know we love talking about that. Um, the Titans, they know where they're drafting this year, 26th, right behind the Bills and right above the Buccaneers and Packers. So they got the 26th spot this offseason. Can't wait. Yeah, we'll Can have plenty wait. of we'll have plenty of talk. We're going to have some guests on. Um, definitely get um, – Brett Bryan on here and a few other guests. Um, we know we always love having Brett on. Um, Brett, Brett during um, draft time, him and Coach Mack, and what they got um, cooking up in the lab. But, guys, I'm obviously, it's not the way we wanted to end our podcast 2021-2022 season. But, like I tweeted out, man, um, when I die – I want the Titans to lower me into my grave so they can let me down one more time. I know. That's, that's what they're best at, man. That's but tweet. I appreciate it. Did numbers. Did numbers. I always tell you that the ones that I never think do numbers do numbers. Never expect these to. Um, let's go. Let's just go bolt predictions. You got to end the podcast with a bolt prediction. Um what position do the Titans draft in the draft? Man, 
<clears throat> I thought first about round, saying first round tight end. They're finally doing it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually <laughs> think so. I my prediction is that they're going to end up trading back uh, from the first into the second, but their first pick I think will be a tight end. Okay. Uh, man, I don't want to be the same, so I don't have a different opinion. But I mean, it's it's the biggest need. Really, other than you know, resigning people, it depends on who you resign and you don't resign. But I'll say tight end right now, too. I will. I like the idea of trading back. So, I do too. Uh, wide receiver. So, are you saying which, that which Alabama wide becomes receiver wide receiver four, or are you saying, I mean, I, I think next season is the last season that we'll see Julio Jones in the Titans uniform. So, after that, what do you do? So you already so have you draft Jamison Williams then you draft Jamison Williams you draft John Mitch you draft uh, Chris Olave you draft Drake London you draft one of these guys Ooh, Olave would be nice uh, in with your pick to be your wide receiver three this season and your replacement for wide receiver two in twenty twenty three I don't know if you guys agree with me or not about Julio thing but I don't see you back in, in twenty twenty three I think next year's the last year unless it just all depends yeah, think, on the contract and. If, if right, if Brett, I'm with you. If they can, if they can make his 15 mil into like a seven and a half, seven and a half for 2022 and 2023, bring him back, please. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, and I think a lot of that's going to depend on production we see out of him next year too. Um, how how he, you know, he didn't even have a full off season with the Titans, obviously. So um, having having an off season to build the chemistry with Tannehill and and that sort of thing, we'll see how that plays out. Um, Mechie, Mechie or, or London sound amazing, though, to me. That would be so just, much fun. I just saw so much Mechie the last couple of years at Alabama, and it just would be so much fun to watch him and A.J. Brown week in, week out. Yep. With Logan Woodside throwing a pass, just can't wait. <laughs> Stop it. Can't wait. Kevin Hogan. Uh, boys, it was a hell of a season. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it with you all, as always. We have, we have a lot of fun doing this. Um We'll just we we'll do what we always do. We do our best, and we'll get geared up. And we we will give you quality all season content. We promise. A hundred percent. There's always next season. We know we know that. No matter what, we love the boys in two tone blue. No matter what, we're very disappointed. Um, I know I just said last thing. Let's do this last thing. Uh, Super Bowl predictions. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, in your winner. Chiefs Rams. Chiefs, Chiefs win. Chiefs Niners, Chiefs win. I forgot about your Niners, Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Hey, I you were right my... about that. You were about your Niners pick, though. I did. I did. I was right about that. Yeah. I went one. I, I tweeted. I tweeted this on Saturday. At least childhood me got a little bit of joy out of Saturday. Yeah. Um. I, I had. I had a feeling Shanahan had had that man. And but he they did. shouldn't have. You know they shouldn't have won that game. I, I think they should have. I think they should have. I think it played out how how it should have. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh yeah, I went one and three. The Rams is my only my only win, and they shouldn't have won that game. Yeah. So who's your Super Bowl pick? I go Chiefs Rams. I'm gonna go Rams. Rams yeah. win it all. I think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, but I I just don't want to <laughs> see it again, man. I just I don't know. I I don't want to see the Rams back in it just because of obviously the history. Of that situation, but that would be back to back uh, years of the home team winning at home. Correct, correct. And I you, y'all know my thoughts on McVay, but I would love to see Stafford win it, man. I would love I to would, see love Stafford, Stafford just Stafford, get man. one. Love I Stafford. have nothing against the Chiefs, dude. It's just when they're in your conference and you're trying to beat beat the big dog, 
I mean, I think the thing I, the reason I don't want to see the Chiefs win it is just because like I don't want like the dynasty thing going on again. Like, I'd pretty much rather see a di- unless it's the Titans. I'd rather see a different team win it every year. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go Chiefs Rams and just say Rams, just because I want to see them win. I think they got some likable guys on the team. Jalen Ramsey, the hometown kid, be cool to see him get around. Yeah. So, all right. For Brett Batcher, for Chris Carter, my name is Austin Nelson. We appreciate you listening all season long. We appreciate the support more than you know. Uh, make sure you get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. We'll probably take a little break, but I promise we'll be back very soon. We appreciate all the loyal listeners that that, that get our podcast week in and week out. As always, we're and we're dedicated to getting some off season guests. We will make that happen. No doubt, no doubt. All right, one last time to end the season. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.